Welcome to Just Dads Reading Books, a podcast about judging your kids for what they read. This is produced by Matt Martins and EJ Sanders. Music by Russian Baths. Oh, hello there. What's up? What's going on? Hi, it's me. Hi, I'm Matt, and I'm here with my friend EJ. Hey, EJ, how's it going? Hey, Matt, it's going really well. I'm glad that uh, you could join me this week. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, thanks for week. having me. Thanks for having me, EJ. <laughs> it's really course. great. It's really great to be here as a guest on your show. Today, okay, I'm, I'm intimidated. I'm intimidated today. All right, EJ, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell to you straight here. Uh, today, we're talking about uh, a children's book, not really a mm-hmm. young adult novel. We're talking about a, a, a proper illustrated children's book correct uh called the 1619 project born on the water Mm -hmm. and this is a book about race uh this is a book about slavery and i just feel like it is a requirement that at the top i say Mm -hmm. we're we're a couple white guys we're a couple white guys we are also not historians we are also not which is why we read this book absolutely this is is not a podcast about us educating you. Right. <laughs> this is a podcast where you watch us get educated. It's about us <laughs> educating ourselves. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I th- I'm glad you let in with that, Matt, because, uh, uh, yeah, I think that this book overall, what we wanted to do is uh, we were talking about we wanted to do a shorter book. Yeah. But that did not mean that we were going to pull any punches on sure? how much on how powerful said book was going to be. So, um, yeah, I, I, honestly, uh, I, I had a great time reading this. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I didn't get to read it to Nora yet, but yeah. um, she will be here tonight and I will read this book to her. I'm, I'm excited to talk about it's it. It's funny because uh, without even having to get into like stupid stuff, uh, the the words the 1619 project is like I don't know for some crazy people like a controversial term um, yeah, it, not in this house uh, I'll tell no, you that not much. here either yeah uh, but but that as a sort of preface is telling you a couple things right up front which is mm-hmm. that the 1619 project is sort of a attempt to uh, reapproach how history is taught in American schools because a lot yes. of things are. Uh, done very strangely in America in how uh, these things are taught and so there's a there's a strong uh, wave of people trying to push uh, more or less the idea that the story of America starts in 1619 and has to do mm-hmm. a lot with uh, the slave trade that was brought here and, yeah. and everything else yeah you um, there's a lot that gets introduced in this book it's a, it's a collection of poems let's talk about the book yeah, proper sure, sure. real quick which is um, it's about 25 pages uh, not all of them uh, have poems on them. Uh, a lot of them are beautiful illustrations yeah. as well. Um, and uh, each each poem kind of sets up into the next poem mm-hmm. in, in in how, you know, they're, they're kind of chronological. It's, a, it's about a grandmother telling a story about uh, how people were brought over, how the, yeah. you know, black people are not immigrants of this country is right. essentially how it <laughs> sets up that yeah. you know they are they're essentially as as native to this country they're native to the water right born right. on the water there's this uh this concept of like 
the people who are here are, you know, everybody, every black person that is in America who is a descendant of, uh, you know, of a slave is, is born of a fighter and a survivor. Right. I think that was the most powerful point right. of the book to me. So there's a lot of deep topics here, um, sure. but a, what I wanted to kind of approach this as is you should just go read this book. Oh, yeah. Don't. Don't take, you know, we, we will reference the book throughout this podcast, but just go read this book. Don't, don't worry about, um, our, our conversation on this show is going to be much more about our experience. I think growing up uh, in the American South and you know, how history was taught, um, to us and and in a way that like did you ever know any of this no absolutely yeah yeah. let me just let me just start by saying (laughs) did you know any of this because let's let's structure this conversation this way which is you should like you said you should go read this book listener because we are not uh, uh, here to uh educate anybody on anything but i would like to talk about my experience and what this book changed about my experience that's that's this is a yeah this is just us relaying sort of what this book can mean for us going forward and what what it means for all sorts of things. So yeah, yeah, in the American South, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're taught that slavery existed. You're uh, everyone knows sort of the the broad stroke stuff of like we were taught that the Civil War was fought over just the vague states rights and whatever that means. Mm-hmm. There's basically a lot of glossing over atrocities that America committed because we're trying to raise good Americans that are proud of their country. We should also rephrase, not that necessarily America committed, but that white people committed oh, on sure. behalf of America, yeah, I yeah. think is more of a, you know, that white Americans, I mean, the predominant, <laughs> the predominant uh, offending party here yeah. is definitely white Americans, For sure. right? So when we talk about America committing problems, we may, we may shorten it down, but what we mean is actually, because, because as this book points out at the end, um, you know, whenever um, you know, it's it's a frame story. It's a little girl who doesn't know, you know, doesn't have a flag of descendants, right. and in the end, decides that America is her flag. Right. You know, and and so we're not talking about those Americans in this context because they were not the offending party; they were right. the offended party, right? So uh, it's it's very uh, like you said, like when I was growing up. Whenever I received an education on this sort of stuff, it was uh, America started in 1786 or 1776. And and that was it. Like you learned about the American Revolution. You learned about the Civil War, but you did not learn about the plight of black people in America. And what's crazy about that is what I've now realized is there was never any context given to slavery when I was a kid. Right. And that context I mean is, well, first off, the first thing that this book is uh, is about, the first story it tells, is just the story of the people of the main region yeah. that was um, invaded, uh, mm-hmm. right? But it, it's just telling the story of those people and the happiness they enjoyed, right? It sets everything yeah. off on this amazing note and look how magical their lives were and they were they were just enjoying themselves and then the white people showed up, right? And that that's yeah. you know awful. Even that was never taught to me and, and I think what's what is obfuscated in the American education system about this is this sense that history feels so long ago, especially to a kid, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, a 30-year-old to a kid feels like an ancient creature right. that has always existed. When you're when you're 11 years old, everything is older than can be understood. And right. so when your brain is framed for that context, 
to be told, well, and there was a time where people had slaves. You kind of go, oh, okay. But what they're not telling you is America was kind of one of the last ones doing that. And actually the yeah. rest of the world had realized that, that slavery was wrong. bad yeah. and America was an outlier and getting away with this kind of stuff. And that, that was never impressed upon me as a kid. The idea that like other countries in the early 1700s, in the late 1600s could be looking at America and being like, oh, they're they're doing slavery. That's not so good necessarily. Yeah. And also the the objectification of of slaves, right? right. Um, you know, in the American South, at least here, and probably, you know, this is probably a story that, that rings true for most of America, but mm -hmm. I could say that definitely, even in your history books, they aren't treated as people. Right. And they are people. It's just like, a vague construct of slaves, right? Exactly. Because, because they don't want you to think about it as, they want you to accept that slavery was yeah. a negative but we got over it, right? Oh, the Civil yeah. War happened and we got past it and that was a bad thing. It's like... <laughs> Newsflash, we didn't. Yeah, we, well, we definitely didn't. And there's there's plenty more that you could talk about with that. I mean, it's like, look at the difference between how Germany handled ex-Nazis and the way that America handled mm -hmm. ex-Confederates. It's a, yeah. I mean, whatever. But, it's night and day. <laughs> but even within that, so, so you have the obfuscation of what slavery actually meant at that time, what it looked like. And like you're mm -hmm. talking about, EJ who the people were and not just like that they were people, but like we're not, we never are introduced to the idea that like the slaves came from a lot of specific areas and we're, you're, yeah. you're not taught any history of like where they came from, their culture, how yeah. the slaves were originally procured because I mean, what you can assume is that in, by someone, what is being intended to do is to, again, obfuscate that idea that just like, I don't know, there's just, they're just our slaves. And it's just sort of a system that we can't get behind. It's like, well, we had to go get them yeah. from somewhere. Like that, there right. had to be a start of that. You don't just like, right. and then suddenly there were slaves. It's like, they're, they're, no, it, it is significantly more dire than that. And so for this book to uh, put that in with a bullet, I mean, just like, boom, this is it. Here's all the people. This is the lives they were living. And it was completely interrupted and they were thrown onto ships. That is like the first part of what this book uh, portrays to you. And it's, you know, it is dark. It The the art, the illustrations do an amazing job of like color and bo like just so fresh and everything looks mm -hmm. beautiful and amazing. And then as the story turns, I mean, we just mm -hmm. become it's not monochromatic, but like yeah. more and like closer and closer to it, or just like mm -hmm. a single red use of color in one panel, <laughs> yeah. like just things like that, where it's, it's telling a very dire story, a very, very visual. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's very, vi it's as visual as it is, um, you know, a, a thinker in terms of, of the, of, really it's really basic too like what i and i don't mean that in the concepts what i mean is just like it is told in a way that mm -hmm. i think that even somebody as young as my daughter who can't quite read yet right um could understand right you know she'll be able to understand these concepts and yeah. this is exactly how i want my children <laughs> right to learn right. um it's interesting too because you, you talked about the framework, which is that it's, you know, it's from the perspective of a little girl who everyone mm -hmm. in her class is talking about their ancestry and mm -hmm. she just doesn't know hers because the furthest back right. generation she knows of is basically her, her grandparents or like her grandparents, grandparents or whatever. She, she right. doesn't really know any further back than that. And I, I can, it's a, it's a ratio, right? 
Right. And I have no idea how this story hits for a family that shares that history, right? This this right. is, I would imagine, a deeply important story for yeah. them. For us, as white people, it is intended mm. to take on a different meaning, and it's a maybe stranger conversation to have with, you know, your your five-year-old, eventually my five-year-old, and that doesn't make it less important, but it is an interesting thing to use as an approach to this. Of, yeah. and, and what I love about it is it's because it's told from the story of this one specific girl, which would be, you know, this could be like any of your friends Anybody. at school. This could be somebody right. you know. And so it makes it deeply relatable to where you're not having to, what you're not expressing is geopolitical <laughs> situations. You're not talking right. about the infrastructure of the U.S. You're talking right. about these families that this happened because, to. Because who cares? Because it's anecdotal. Who cares right. about the, the geopolitical right. part of that? You know, we're talking about a deep, deep story of family history, right. of ancestry, like you're talking about, where white people can trace ancestry, yeah. and we've taken that away from generations right. of black people. Right. And so that is... You know, that is just one part right. of, of what is talked about in and, this and, book. And so the kind of questions you can ask your kids then become like, well, I mean, mm -hmm. um, can you imagine if, you know, you didn't know anything further than like your grandparent? Like what, what, how would that make you feel? To, right. You, know, you, you can dig into those sorts of topics with your kid uh, to make it personal in that way so that they can envision. Because I think that's the biggest thing that this book did for me, even as an adult, is really push in front of you. The personal nature of these yes. stories because i think it's just way too easy to always think of um racial issues and the history of slavery in that obfuscated term because it's what we grew up with we grew up only understanding it in that context and so it's so easy to resort back to that kind of context rather than seeing it for what it is which is uh an obvious um travesty someone has inflicted yeah. on a single other person. You know, we are all just people in a society and for us to just decide you could do that. It, it is so easy to um, look at teachings where they're like, well, but some of the slave owners were good to their slaves. It's like, no. I, I don't know what you're talking about because the act of owning the slave oh, yes. yeah. is inherently bad. And you can see right. that by what it required to, uh, to get that slave. The, right. Where they get away from it is the fact that it lasted for generations, so there were people yeah. born into slavery that never yeah. knew another life, and for some reason that suddenly like makes it okay in in the government's brain or in our you know the people controlling the narrative's yeah. brain. They're like, well, I mean, hey, what else? What else are you supposed to do? It was their whole life, and they made it as good as they could. That was just the system that happened. It's like that's not just the system that happened. People forced that system to happen. And we're not very far removed from it. I mean, right. we're three or four generations from right. the grandparents of kids that are in school. Yeah. That's how close. I mean, if you really, that's really close. Yeah. That's, uh, a, that's way too that's, close. That's way too close. We are way, we are really, really close to this still. Yeah. So whenever, you know, I just hope too that this, that this is the sort of thing that starts to be allowed to be taught in mm -hmm. this way. Right. Because it's, because as you may know, <laughs> you you also live in the American South. Uh, what was awful, I'll say this, um, whenever I was researching this book and wanting to look up this book, um, uh, you know, when you type in the 1619 Project, 
what else comes up, Matt? Mm-hmm. But people trying to debunk it in right, some way. Sure. Right. And it's like, but when you read a book like this, this is a children's book. Again, this is a children's book. When you read this book, you aren't like, there's not a single part of this that is offensive to anybody right. in any way. Well, right. Yeah. Cause he- here's the biggest factor to that is, I mean, we could, the, the term offensive is so purely subjective that it's impossible to sort of do anything with that. But what I think people are trying to do when they combat this stuff is to say like you're you're trying to upend you know american uh pride and all that stuff but think about how prideful this book ends it's all about think american about, pride. this this book is so deeply yeah. proud of the progress america has made without shying away from that history it is right. through overcoming aspects of that history not everything but aspects of that history that we can we can have pride the 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 ending result of all of this uh like you alluded to ej is it, it describes a people that were born on the water and that is to say a lot of people lost their histories they can't know about their family histories before they were brought Prior to america to that, which yeah. means their story starts on the water and the book one one thing that i had to grapple with for a little bit is a part where the the book describes those people as the first Americans. And yeah. I had a moment where I went, wait, what are, what are, what are we saying? Because it, it, it brings up indigenous people uh, uh, yes. just before it. And so it's like, okay, it's obviously aware there are indigenous people, but the separation it's making is that the indigenous people of what we call America are not necessarily, wouldn't probably always call themselves Americans, right? No, they, are, they, they, they are, are of a they tribe. Are people they are of, of a, their own nation. Exactly. Right? They are people of their own nation. But, and, and people that... In their own plight, right? Exactly. And that's a whole right. other conversation. A whole other conversation. And I think that removing themselves from that conversation is a great move, but also, like, uh, you know, America, that's when America starts, right? Like, as this concept. And it gets right. to tell that story. It, the people that were born on the water are the first true United States of Americans. This is right. a country that exists, and these are people that are not from anywhere else. Uh, I mean, they are. I, I don't mean it like that, but I mean they were they took on a new identity on right. the water to become the first Americans. And then that becomes the story it's actually telling is this is the birth of America. And, and it's a story it, about it is, overcoming. It is born from atrocity, but now we have generations that get to look back on this and talk about it as families and, and they are free or are freer um, and we can continue that progress and is a story of people who a- who are capable of overcoming these sorts of things and will push to continue overcoming these sorts of things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's I it, it is a scary uh thing to approach I think as a white person because uh it it is such the norm to not approach these things in in so many parts of society. And mm-hmm. it's what makes me so nervous about like putting this kind of thing out there. And it's like, how foolish is that? How stupid is it of me to be afraid of this topic? Like how, how indoctrinated I think, have I, I become personally to be afraid to talk I think about it's, this? I think it's less about um, being afraid of talking about it. Cause I, I, I am personally not afraid to right. discuss these things. Um, but I do understand like being, you know, wondering, if we're the right people to talk about these right. things, right? That's the, that's the sca- that's where we're scared. Well, and again, we definitely aren't. We, we a thousand are, percent right. are not. <laughs> we, a thousand <laughs> All percent we can are do not. Is express our like perspective, right. and 
my yeah my intent would only be to sort of relay what i have learned and hope that uh you get similar experiences or it encourages you to see what you can learn from it yeah and like i said i'm always i'm always open to these discussions because i i'm like 100 percent in favor of (laughs) of of this project right like i i i want people to re-examine how they view American history. Yeah. And that was part of why I chose this book is because it's something I've been thinking about for a long time is, mm-hmm. is just how arbitrary we set these, these sorts of goals. I, I had a short anecdote about this, about how um, I get in arguments with people all the time who um, want to defend certain like Confederate rights and sure. stuff and how I just talk about like the, conf- you know, like, it's just so arbitrary the parameters that white people will set in mm-hmm. order to make their point. Right. And what I want is a more objective, broad sense of where all of this started. Right. And the 1619 Project is not only a great start to that, but makes a really compelling case um, overall to, yeah. to why we should, we should really start American history whenever the first slaves were brought over right so right i i mean i completely agree because it 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 is a story about all of the people that are currently residing in america and to make uh so many of these stories explicitly about the people who drafted the declaration of it right that's how we're taught the american Mm -hmm. revolution that's how we're taught the founding of america is the founding fathers and it's like you are not expressed enough how long people were here before that, before it decided, like, let's establish this as a call, like as a, as a non-British colony or whatever. Um, you know, but how long were people here before the Boston Tea Party or whatever? And not only that, it just completely ignores what even that ruling class looked like and that there, there was a system even in place underneath them, despite us only pretending they were underneath the system of British imperial law, right? It, it completely, it, yeah, it gets away with ignoring all of that, the things right? underneath yeah. that ruling class that was in America. I mean, it's like, you're an ocean They're all bad. From, all the ruling right? classes are bad exactly. all the way down. It's exactly. just like, it's just ignoring one fact that, yeah. oh, you were also a ruling class right. in some in some sense of the word. Yeah, completely denying people of their freedom for, I don't know, 400 years, right. 500 years. Yeah. Uh, however long it, I mean a long time yeah <laughs> so a I'm, long long time I'm thrilled that projects like this um, can exist and more importantly that it is the kind of thing that is capable of escaping like academia because it's really easy for this stuff to stick around in just like theoretical senses and people talking about uh, very very nuanced histories because it all is that stuff as well and we need that stuff but to be able to get a 25 page illustrated children's book that conveys all of that story in in an emotional way is so stark like it is so uh bold i i I sat and i read this thing twice like two nights back to back because Mm -hmm. the first time i read it 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 took me back so much that i was like I feel like I even glazed over so much of what was being said because I was freaking out <laughs> the whole time of just like, oh man, I didn't, I don't know this stuff. And that's not, it's freaking me out that I don't know that stuff. And so it's like, I took a second pass on it just to like, make sure it sort of 
yeah, actually filtered through and stuck in my head because it's yeah. and, and it, it makes me yeah want to get more stuff like this and i mean i don't know the only way you can ever express any ideas is through like each perspective getting its chance to to express itself right uh everybody has a story and and all of those need to to be expressed and so it's like what we've had for so long is an entire slew of people that whose story has just been repressed has just been shut down yeah. and and not allowed to be talked about and so for a children's book to get what, to like just like a third of the population yeah right? <laughs> like, for 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 that to be expressed uh an attempt being made for that to be expressed to kids who can grow up without that weird fear that i have right that mm -hmm. the, to to dodge these topics is to perpetuate that same system of ignoring the problem and that's that's what i get so scared of as a as like a dumb middle class white guy just like it's mm -hmm. it's easier to ignore conflict uh with just somebody else but that's only if you see these things as conflict <laughs> or you right. could see it as growth and yes. just see it as taking in new information and um for our kids to get that opportunity is um boy is that hopeful yeah I, I'm I'm absolutely hopeful. I do want to make one more point too about like where we're at. To, you know, as a country, mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously it feels like we're moving backwards. Um, yeah, you know, recently with recent Supreme Court decisions and things like that. Right. So that's frustrating, uh, obviously. But I, one thing that um, always stuck out to me is whenever uh, you hear about the first black you know, X, the first mm -hmm. black president, the first right. black this and that. And the fact that we are in 2022 and just the other day I saw something come up on my newsfeed and it was the first black head coach in Nebraska football history. <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding? Like it, Nebraska, the university has been around for this long and they just now got their first black head coach. It's so just the, to think that we are still, there we're yeah. still at a point where we can still have first black people doing things yeah. and so is is that that should tell you right away that this is we are not that far removed right we, right we are not far removed from because this. the story of every first black person uh being uh, accomplishing something or the first woman accomplishing something it is never the story of the first black person deserving of that title right it is right. always just it's the just first person who was allowed to do also, that by the who's other also people. deserving but is right. but is now allowed to, it's just right? allowed it, it's, it is a history of not exactly. being allowed and now we've lifted the restriction the or allowance whatever. right i mean we 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 all went through the presidential election of 2008 i yep. mean you and me know, right? <laughs> but you know, there were still people. There were conversations happening, and you know, you and me at the time, you were what eighteen years old, yeah, and I was I was 16. sixteen, and there were still conversations happening in two thousand eight about whether America was ready for a black president. That's wild, yeah. So I'm just it. I just want to point point out <laughs> that. <laughs> While 1619 was a long time ago, we are feeling the ramifications. Yeah. And we will be still for a long Forever. time. Forever, yeah. And, oh, and, man. Unless we can just make an educational change that like books like this try to make. Right. It's so funny that you bring up 1619 was like so long ago because it's, it's like we america likes to pretend 1619 was so so long ago oh it's like i don't know it predates our history i'm about <laughs> at the time of recording i'm about to go to london and katie and i are like looking at stuff to do in london and we keep being faced with the like 
realization that in so many other places in the world, things that exist have existed for so many so much centuries. <laughs> so, so much longer. So, so long. The Roman, we were going to go see the Roman baths. And I'm like, I, I, uh-huh. I've never even heard of this. I don't know anything. I don't know anything yeah. about anything, man. I'm, I'm a truly stupid person. But I didn't know anything about the Roman baths. And I'm looking up, I'm like, oh, wait, this is about the Roman Empire when they were in England. Oh, God. Oh, this is like, this, <laughs> this is, is like 80 this is AD years stuff. old. <laughs> this is, this is 2,000 years old. And, and we like to think that 400 years ago yeah, was like, kind oh, of was. crazy, huh? It's like, that is you are so, <laughs> so foolish recent. you are such a dumb child america yeah. like you still are you're pooping your diapers because of little, how little <laughs> how yeah. little history your government has right the yeah. the and i and mean we just, are in awe about things that are only like 100 200 yeah. years yeah. old aren't we because exactly. well, uh, and what does <laughs> we that don't do? have anything else like, we don't have anything else and what does that let you do you get to also pretend 60 years ago was a long time yeah. ago right yeah. and we're like oh well we we fixed it right we Uh-oh. we did the civil rights movement it's like that was people were people are still alive today that were in this like do you not get that it doesn't just turn America. off like that the switch like we're seeing that right now like you were talking about earlier we saw a bunch of advancements like six years ago or whatever that yeah. are being revert like being specifically reversed right now yeah so don't tell me stuff that happened 60 years ago is locked and we're good and like prog or only moving forward things can move backwards at it like any given moment we're not gonna yeah. resort back into theocracy probably anytime soon right like we're, well, we're not gonna okay, be hold on i mean yeah i mean who knows no we're not gonna we're not gonna have a king of america probably anytime soon right there, there are certain distances back we probably won't go but we can things can go back to to different ways and there are people seeking to make that happen so i don't know i, yeah. I think these kinds of books to remind kids just so that they grow up in an environment of awareness is yeah. the most critical aspect of this is is don't let people hide information from you. Don't let people hide critical information about true stories of people that existed. Get everything you can. Yeah. Get everything you can out of your education, um, I think is where I want to see. You know, I want to see that for my kid. I want her bringing home books like this. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is what the podcast is about. In the end is that, you know, uh, Matt, obviously, right? This yeah. is an obvious. Yep. If my kids reading them, this, I'll let them she read this one. on the right happy. track, right? Yeah. Like, well, this is the one you sit down with, and you need to talk through this stuff mm-hmm. with them too. I mean, you hope your teachers are talking through it too. But even if they just found this in the library and wanted to check it out, like, yeah, let's sit down and let's sort of explore what these things mean, and let's do research together to to both discover what these things things mean. To to not hide from my kid the idea that I didn't know this stuff either, and we can both learn this. Um, I think would be a profound, even if she doesn't know it, a profound moment in her early life. It's like, well, I learned this with my dad at the same time. Yeah. And listen to those lived experiences that are in these books, in these sorts of books, even if they are kind of, uh, you know, fictional anecdotal in the way that this is kind of written about this semi-fictional family. It's still a story that is told in in nonfiction, right? It is a story that is told across households all across America to 20% of our population. So, yeah, powerful book. Yeah, uh, great read. I'm I'm glad we uh, I'm glad we got to read. Yeah, it. thanks for the suggestion, EJ. This is all yeah. you. So thanks. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, I hope this conversation was uh, not stupid to you, listener. Uh, please <laughs> please engage with please us. Please engage too. with yeah. us. And yeah. and if you Absolutely. have a if you have a story or if you have a knowledge of these sorts of things, if you're in the education system, I'd love to hear 
about things that are being talked about in in that field so yeah come just come hang out with us we we're just two dads reading books trying to learn just trying to learn just stuff to learn. and i want to i want to know a little bit more about what's going on so so yeah thanks uh you can uh i don't know should we say you can email us your thoughts yeah, you can find us on this... our discords there's like a space cats Beastles discord there's an oga discord i don't know that we're gonna have a just dads reading books discord any anytime soon but we got places we we sit and chat yeah, yeah. with book club stuff but you can also email us at just dads reading books at gmail.com and books. and we'd love to talk to you about stuff like this next week uh the next book is shadow of kiyoshi book. we're uh, we're diving right into to part two of our just like let's lose our minds about how good avatar the last airbender is and then i promise we'll take a break for a while yeah but like i'm yeah, riding the high of avatar at the moment yeah, so it's good it's good i'm 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 reading it now uh we wanted to allow ourselves a little extra time to read this so we chose a shorter book this week and yep. wanted to do this on our way back so matt you're off to london yep. i'm uh i'll uh yeah i'm, I'm i stay here uh, if you want to <laughs> Come hang out with me. I'm in Bentonville, Arkansas. So just uh, hit me up on the email and let me know you're in town. Uh, I can't make any promises because if I do, then I'll have to follow up on them just because that's who I am. So, all right. Well, bye. <laughs> <laughs>